0: I'm traveling the country to find out for myself. Include the word halal on their shop front. There's no evidence halal certification money is funding terrorism. Will not be given an immigrant visa. We need to boycott. Halal stuff sure sounds pretty scary. He is a threat, but he's not a threat, but he could be a threat. People see it as simply anti-Islam. Welcome back to Keeping It Halal, the podcast. We are thrilled to have you back on this uh, episode again and listening, we have lots to discuss and share. This episode will focus on three key areas. We're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about this decision out of the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, this is related to that baker uh, who was well known for the his cakes, um, and a same-sex couple wanted to have him make a cake for them. From there, we're gonna come back to Canada. And look at this remarkable G7 summit which took place, which frankly at times felt more of an entertainment summit than really a global world ally summit. Um, And last but not least, we're going to look at this tragedy of this rising trend of suicides being committed by well-known personalities and celebrities and what society considers to be stars. Just a few days ago we learned about the tragic loss of Anthony Bourdain. Uh, a few days prior to that was Kate Spade. Um, and you know, we we want to learn what we can do to reach out. But with that said, it's gonna be another great episode. With me is my friend Jahan Khalid and also my dear friend Imam Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum to you both. Peace be upon you.
1: Assalaikum. As assalamu alaikum and peace be with you.
0: So let's jump right in. So one major world news story that came to light in the past few days is out of the U.S. And this is a remarkable Supreme Court ruling in favor of a baker who wouldn't make a cake for a gay couple. This story, uh, while even before going to the Supreme Court, um, had a lot of buzz around it as you know, some, especially like the world of the uh, ACLU, had uh, come out very strongly against it um you had uh gay rights uh and lgbt um advocates who spoke very strongly against their religious communities uh were also uh very vocal in this story jahan you've been tracking this pretty closely yourself um and especially as somebody with a with a legal background um you you know you've looked at the case from both ends how do you come at something like this uh
2: well yeah of course it's a it's a really interesting proposition right it, it um it it really touches on a lot of constitutional rights protected by the US Constitution including the freedom of religion and the freedom to choose and freedom to speak uh freedom of speech right um and it was one of those cases that was very interesting and there was no real um sure thing when it went to the Supreme Court of how the Supreme Court was going to rule and in a lot of ways they ruled in a kind of surprising way um justice kennedy the one of the lead chair uh, on the Supreme Court when same-sex marriage was legalized throughout the United States
0: is also one of the people in favor of the baker in this case. Correct. So that's that's pretty remarkable where on one end he actually sided with the same-sex marriage in 2015. This time around um, he sided with the baker. On the line with us is uh, Mr. Farhan Coker who... Um, keenly follows uh, various different, not just Supreme Court decisions, but as it relates to uh, various religious communities um, and also rights movements. Thank you for joining us on the line. Peace be upon you as well. So in your view, how much is it about gay rights and how much of it is about religious rights?
3: I I think it's about both. Because once a society makes certain aspects legal, the question really becomes is that you, what rights you have to abstain from that? And uh, where normally uh, human beings don't, don't have any compulsion, you nobody have to compulsion to do anything, but you feel in a public sphere, you're expected to provide certain services. The question really came down to was, was the service being provided was such exceptional that the person would be not able to get elsewhere? And the court really looked at it, and, and the couple could have gone elsewhere as well for the same amount of service. It would not be an undue hardship on them to have that. But on the same time, uh, society has to decide, what if tomorrow under the old, uh, when slavery and uh, rights of the blacks were actually, or indigenous people were enshrined and said that the biblical teachings w- were endorsing them. So what if tomorrow somebody says, well, because of my biblical beliefs, I would not serve black, or I would not serve indigenous population? So you have this, this is a uh, question you need to deal with. At what stage society will discuss what services provided or not? So the ultimate test is, is there harm to the person or not on legal uh, services provided? And in this case, court really said, no, you, you can have that service elsewhere. And it's a very unique service. Wedding cakes are different than just just a cake that you eat.
0: Yeah, although, you know, they did ask and, and mention their emotional harm and, uh, you know, being distraught. By the fact that they were taken back by the refusal of service uh, absolutely,
3: and then that's what it, it, it's on balance I mean nobody wants to be not served. I mean there was a not long over time when people with disability were not served. correct so, so the qu- question really becomes as a society where we are and that's why it went all the way to the Supreme Court. You really have to make a decision: is there harms to such a level that you need, state must intervene in, in and force somebody to provide a service? And that test was not uh, there, and that's what we fought for in Canada when same-sex marriage came in. We said, no, this is important that exceptions should be made, and no clergy, or even when you register our religious belief, should be forced to conduct those marriages.
1: So my question is, uh, where do you draw a line when it comes to these things? Uh, in the past, Mormons, uh, still there in their scriptures, it's present that you know they discriminate against uh, the, the black African-Americans or black race. So where do you draw a line?
3: And that's where the important part of the religious teachings of Amaliyah comes in. and Imad comes in is that it's divinely based. You need to be reasonable in your accommodation. Uh, for example, Amaliyah uh, Imad is known to have uh, in parts of Pakistan where the whole shopping malls would have stickers or shops would have stickers that you would not serve them on the basis of faith. Now, if we agree to this decision, are we saying that we also agree with that situation as well? Obviously not. So, what's the difference? The difference fundamentally is that the service that's being provided was generic in nature, and we have agreed that the base of, of religion, you should not be discriminated. And that's why it's not an easy decision, which will fall into different categories. You can't say, well, it's hard and fast There's always, when Supreme Court makes a decision, you need to look at, well, how, well I'm happy with this decision, but how does it impact me? So are we going to say today that discrimination based on religion is fine? Obviously not. So the way you draw the line is, as a society, you look at what is the is there harm to society or not? And we believe when when a large portion of Ahmadi Muslims or other religious or black are uh, discriminated, there there is a large harm to society and we should not accept it. And that's the best. as a society we decided that it's a bad thing. That's the guideline. Because otherwise we have all the time. We we have um, age restrictions on many things. Um, we have benefits based on age. We have benefits based on gender. We discriminate all the time. The fact that you discriminate is not a wrong thing. Is it for greater good of society or not? That's the test you should apply.
0: You know, I was discussing this with Imam uh, Ahmad just earlier, and he was talking about how,
1: you know, especially as it relates to LGBT community, um, his Holiness was asked about the same question and uh, he guided the world. He said, When I was in Sweden earlier the, in the year, I was asked by the media about homosexuality and I told them that we bore no hate or grudge towards homosexuals and we condemned the persecution of any group. Similarly, I was also asked what our reaction would be if an Ahmadi said that he was gay. And in response, I said that we would not stop them coming to our to, to our mosques. However, because homosexuality is against Islamic teaching, and we would try, due to our concern and love for the per, that person, to explain why Islam considered it to be wrong. Farambe, I was referencing to uh, the definition, maybe 50 years ago, 100 years ago, um, th- this was considered a really bad thing. Now in the society we live in, it seems to be okay to be gay or to be lesbian. So, uh, us, us, that's, uh, and that,
3: that's what I'm referring to. When you talk about religious, it has not changed. The society has become secular.
1: Yeah, that's why it's important. So, so, when, so
3: the question really is, has so religion has not changed in that respect. Gee.
1: It's, just,
3: it's a society once it becomes secular, it's based on rights and obligations. The, the, the history on Western side is very different, uh, starting with the Enlightenment era, uh, era when people uh, moved into more, to, more of a scientific and uh, logic-based reasoning in the West. Initially, religion and Enlightenment went hand in hand. People were able to uh, attain, maintain their Christian values, the Christian religion, with their secular and rational values as well. But really what happened was, over a period of time, as science and rationality and secular education grew, People were not able to reconcile that with their faith. It is quite different from Islamic perspective. When the Islamic era was growing in the Middle East, the religion was not at conflict with science. So what happened really was that increasingly in the West, because of this, this dichotomy between religion and faith, they opted for, uh, within science and faith, they opted for science and rationality. And that's why you ended up in much bigger secular move. And that is why you. it's inevitable. It's inevitable more and more countries are moving into secular role. And to be honest, in this day and age, that is the only model you are left with, which is a secular um, country which provides all the rights and obligations to human beings. And religion becomes a matter of individuals between the, you and your God. That's a great point.
0: Okay, thank you very much for that very thorough and detailed explanation
3: um you're most welcome
0: so another major event coming out of canada especially is the g7 summit which just concluded a few hours ago took place not uh, just a few hours from where we are right now in uh quebec which is uh in canada's (laughs) largest province called quebec and not too far away from quebec city uh in the beautiful back country of uh, Charlevoix, and in this summit Just leading up to it, there was a lot of uh, fireworks which went off, uh, including um, many of the statements that were coming out. For instance, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, mentioned on Twitter that it could be 6 plus 1. He also, and also leading up to it, Trump wanted Russia to be there. Then he showed up late um, and didn't have his meeting with uh, with the French president, but then they were gonna have it later. Um, so, this there was a lot just even leading into this G7. Um, finally, they were able to hash out a few things. Uh, they looked all happy and waving to the camera during the summit. The next morning, Mr. Trump showed up late to the women empowerment and equality session, and, and that was strongly scrutinized. And above all else, he just completely skipped out on the uh, economic. So not the economic, but the environmental uh, portion of the G7. And as of this morning, we are learning that the chief economic advisor to Mr. Trump, uh, Larry Kudlow, it came out strongly against Prime Minister Trudeau, using very choice words and harsh language uh, in describing Canada's effort to stand up in, in, in face of these US tariffs. Um, and one is all, almost forced to think about the strength and the significance of the G7, the Western allies, because the one thing that is a common thread are their common values, and I think um, many of the world leaders talked about those common values that these G7 nations have more than anything else uh, that they have in common, uh, but it appeared that almost nothing uh, was in common. There were... There were rumblings that um, Prime Minister Theresa May was trying to have her own bilateral meeting with Mr. Trump outside of the EU um, and EU wasn't too thrilled about that so you know um, given the friction of the the G7 this has been this has been a left this this summit has left a lot of people with a question mark.
2: I mean like you said it's almost become a six plus one. America's constantly been on the other side of these six countries. They've Trump is just the attitude that he's gone in with has been almost confrontational. He's almost sending a signal out there that it's us against the world, a signal that I believe that his base will pick up on and that his base will feed off on. Um, He really has no regard for Canada or any of the friendships that his country has developed.
0: So it appears that, you know, all the world leaders are looking at one another um, to take that lead or have a breakthrough or somebody's just hoping that a magical wand can just solve uh, a lot of this uh, strife and division in the world
1: however this is not new now this is not new at all Uh, we've seen uh, the world is divided and it continues to divide into blocks less leadership around the world but we see one leader uh, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat his Holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmed, the Caliph of Islam, may God be his helper, uh, addressed the uh, the House of Commons and British Parliament in, back in 2008. And he advised the le- world leaders and politicians that when the world again is getting in, divided into blocks, extremism is escalating, the and the financial and economic situation is worsening, there is an urgent need to end all kinds of hatred and to lay the foundations of peace and this can only happen this can only be done by respecting all kinds of sentiments of each other's and if this is not done properly honestly and with virtue it will escalate into uncontrollable circumstances And Safan, this is exactly what we're saying, uncontrollable circumstances. Absolutely.
0: I mean, these are prophetic words and uh, almost like a prophecy. We're seeing what's happening. I mean, this, uh, what you mentioned, this passage where the world head uh, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat made these remarks in the British Parliament was many, many years ago where he warned them. Yeah, 2008. Exactly. Almost a decade ago that the, the cloud of division are brewing Uh, we're seeing the division that took place in uh, EU and more and more nations are struggling to come to terms and agreements and treaties and
1: and, and trade deals because of a mistrust. Um, That is correct. And, you know, um, United States being um, the leader of the world past uh, many decades now, and His Holiness also called upon the US leaders to really, you know, Take control of the situation. And he said that blocks are being formed. And this is, sorry, um, he addressed at Capitol Hill back in 2012. This is Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., that's right. And he said blocks are being formed. And it is unlikely, it is not unlikely that a disorder will continue to increase in the world, which will ultimately lead to a huge destruction the effects of such devastation and warfare will surely last for many generations therefore the united states as the world world's largest power should play its role in acting with true justice and with such good intentions
2: that's, that's almost forbearing of what's going on right now exactly right. i mean you see you see the us not stepping up to the plate like His Holiness
0: recommended that they do, right? They're not being the forebearers of justice. We certainly did not see that in the most recent G7. US was not necessarily the leader, but showed up, arrived late, left early, missed sessions, uh, didn't, you know, had disagreements with other leaders. It did not feel like they were there to unite their allies, to provide that leadership, um, and to take steps forward, but steps together.
1: This is a serious matter, Safan, and um, the, His Holiness not only addressed in different parliaments of the world and uh, urged the world leaders to you know, come together on common grounds and work for our future generation, which is more important. And not only that, he also wrote letters to all world leaders that we need to work together with justice and equity and uh, everyone needs to play their part.
0: Absolutely. We, you know, we really hope that these world leaders take heed to the letters which they ha- which have been sent to them. Um and and we we truly hope and pray for world peace as that is the mission that his holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmad has been on this pathway to peace, this pathway which he has been striving for over a decade and providing very specific instructions step by step to individual world leaders of um, conditions and 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 treatments that they have to critically think about. You
1: know, and all these speeches have been compiled um, in a book form. It's called a World Crisis and Pathway to Peace. And I really encourage all our listeners to go and read the book. You can easily find it on www.alislam.org.
0: Yeah, or you can just simply Google World Crisis and the Pathway to Peace. And this whole book is available to read for free. That has all these letters that you spoke about to the various different world leaders. And more importantly, specific step-by-step instructions if there's a genuine interest for world peace. With that said, as we talk about world peace, there's another um, turmoil, almost a crisis, which appears to be forming. Um, Just a few days ago, we learned about the tragic news of a well-known CNN show host, Anthony Bourdain, with his famous show, Parts Unknown, uh, tragically committed suicide.
2: Yeah, he was found uh, dead in uh, Paris. He was there to film another episode of his program. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, if you're not familiar with him, basically was a former chef and cook uh, who became famous after he wrote a book, uh, got a couple TV shows, most recently Parts Unknown on CNN. He basically traveled to countries, figured out their story through food. And just conversation, one famous episode. Seems like ep- a pretty amazing job. I mean, yeah, one famous episode had him and Barack Obama sharing noodles in Vietnam. He was teaching them how to swirl uh, or, and, and eat noodles. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I on many occasions was a fan of his show and would comment to family and friends that, oh, my God, look, Anthony Bourdain, what an amazing job. I wish I had that job. You
0: know, I've heard that quite a bit. People say <laughs> that, you know, he had one of the coolest jobs in the world. He got paid millions of dollars to travel around the world, try different foods. And document his experience. I mean, people pay for those
2: experiences, and he's getting paid for those experiences. Yeah. Um, but it just shows how depression can really affect a person, and you never know what
0: someone is going through. You know, another um, tragic, uh, almost a similar tragedy that we experienced just a few days earlier was Kate Spade, famous, world renowned fashion uh, I, um, maker in terms of purses and clothing, attire, and, and other accessories and apparel. And, you know, these are very, very successful individuals as society would consider them to have the ideal jobs. Um, They have an opportunity to travel the world, uh, full economic freedom, yet we see them so tragically take their lives.
1: Yes, it's it's truly sad on one end, um, but um, at the same time, uh, we have to look at the root cause. Why, uh, you know... People who are well off, who actually have everything in their lives, and uh, yet uh, would uh, they, you know, end up taking their lives? It's it's truly sad. So what's really missing is is the component of God, spirituality, in our lives. And you know, in one chapter of the Holy Quran, chapter one or two, uh, specifically talks about this, uh, it says, I'll just read out the translation that mutual arrival rivalry in seeking worldly increase diverts you from god till you reach your graves wow that's a that's striking um and
0: more importantly i think we see people that are that many people look up to as having the ideal lifestyle or they look at them as the epitome of success and happiness but deep down inside, when you see these tragedies take place, you recognize, and it's you know it's almost a a, a rattling reminder and a wake up call of what sometimes we prioritize or think about as sources of happiness and success, and p- something that people strive
1: to. But um, rather, these are all things in vain. Exactly. It's um, that's why God Almighty in the Holy Quran says that it is in the remembrance of God. That hearts can find comfort we see um, people uh, celebrities you know very well off have everything in their lives yet you know taking pills to go to sleep uh, so it's 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 the me may- as if the main and major component of life is missing
2: i think it's also important to under- uh emphasize that you know we should also reach out to people in our lives um, it's not just famous celebrities that are going through this it's people within your own friends circle or community and the importance of community in bringing those people together and showing them that there is a life worth living for um i think one of the things that happens in modern society is people are more isolated than ever while being more connected than ever everyone's a phone call away everyone's an email away but how much personal contact do you have with those
1: people and you made an excellent point there and it's extremely important for us to reach out and you know uh, see um, uh, if if we can help anyone, for that matter. You know that's why in Islam, a Muslim is required to come to mosque to pray five times a day. And if we pray five times a day, come to mosque, you'll be meeting with a lot of people, and that brings uh, a a sense uh, a sense of community in people. And and you know also sometimes when people come for prayer, they they seek out for they seek people uh, for help. That you know I'm going through this. Maybe you could help me with this one. So it's extremely important that we, we uh we keep this major component of of God in our lives.
0: You know that's such a remarkable point that you bring up that in Islam, community is a big component of faith. That is right. People don't feel isolated if you are a practicing Muslim because If you were, then you'd come to the mosque frequently, if you were, then you would partake in charity with others, if you were, you would also have other community activities, you know, for instance, the example of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jama'at, every weekend, every day, there are activities, events, workshops, exhibitions, programs, seminars... Um, that all happen in a group settings that are open that are that where everybody's invited and encourage people to participate, take part, and various other programs that enable members, those who are seeking um, both a communion with God and a community um, to to have like-minded people around them um, striving for those same type of
1: values. That is right. And you know, I have a little story to narrate here. Um, we had a member who was actually very active in the, in, in, in the community and, um, and was regular in, in his prayers at the mosque and all of a sudden uh, we, re- we re- realized that he was not coming for prayers at the mosque and a few people had talked about it and I said okay let's go check on him and you know the person was he got really sick and uh, so, th- so basically that also reminds us if the person is not there anymore are not coming we need to go check on him so it, it really brings uh, the sense of community and sense of taking care of each other uh, in, in the community
0: absolutely um, and and I guess there has to be a component of setting up setting up goals and and rules for yourself and who you look up to right do you look up to people who are celebrities who you think have this perfect lifestyle have you know in some cases uh, no connection with God. Uh, in 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 some cases, um, are uh, atheist or disbelievers, and they they just are fully engulfed in a lifestyle. Um, and they through social media and their TV program, they're they're championed as somebody to look up to. Um, and then you see how tragically they take
1: their lives. And it's it's nothing wrong in looking up to someone, uh, somebody who is really successful, as long as we don't forget the real purpose of our creation. And that is to worship God and to be f- fulfilling the rights of God and the people.
2: I know it was an important reminder for me. Um, like I said, I I saw this and I was almost shocked. I was just like, what reason would he have? But you're absolutely right. You look up to somebody, you can't imagine what life they have. You only see what they want you to see um and it's important to remember that especially for young people that idolize celebrities and we live in a very celebrity driven culture um and it's important to remember that these are people too they're not they're not perfect and you should just
0: treat them as such yes that's a, that's a great point that you brought up um thank you so much Jahan for joining us in the studio thank you Imam Ahmed for joining us in the studio and our technical manager Nasir Ahmed um and for all of our listeners thank you for tuning in And we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you sharing this podcast with others. Peace be upon you.